Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing What If Season 2, Episode 8. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? All that and more for this that we have some amount of control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And with us today is our good friend, Jay Scotty St. Clair. What's up, Jay Scotty? Hark, tis I, Jay Scotty. (laughs) I fully intended to introduce you guys as like Jeffrey of Nottingham or something. I don't know. And then I completely spaced and didn't do it. Now, we actually (laughs) went the opposite direction is somebody from the past came here. Mm. And it's Mm. still tearing the universe apart. (laughs) Yeah, definitely is. (laughs) What's that Uh, green fissure happening overhead? <laughs> that looks weird. That's never happened before. I hope there's a hero around to save everybody. It's probably some just some Christmas decorations somebody hasn't taken down yet. More than likely. I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> that is actually fireworks. Fireworks in the sky. <laughs> or it's the episode nine, butterflies in the sky. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk ahead. We don't talk ahead. We're not talking ahead. I just mean butterflies. So. 1602. We've been talking about this episode all season because it's uh, kind of one of the ones that was featured a lot in the trailers and we knew it was coming and we'd already seen it introduced in the, um, oh goodness, the Captain Carter episode. And Jeff loves the 1602 story. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So what did you guys think? How did it love the hype, Jeff? It was a different take. It didn't go as expansive as 1602, like the the Neil Gaiman run, but it was sure. still like for the tools that they had to work with. I think they were they were they did a pretty solid job because uh, they stayed within the confines of what we know about the MCU, you know, and what's been introduced. Because uh, like there are concepts in the comics, like um, uh, like the mutants are are not called mutants; they're called witch breed. Ooh. Like they're they've got gifts from the devil. That's cool. And like uh Magneto, Eric is Enrique. He's like Grand Inquisitor <laughs> of the Spanish Inquisition. Okay. Like using the church as like a subterfuge to hunt down uh the witch breed, but like he is also one, so he's just getting them all together to his cause. That's right. You went back and read sixteen oh two yesterday, right? Didn't you say that? I, I've read I've reread most of it, yeah. <laughs> and um, I can tell. I'm in I'm in the middle of book eight on it, and okay, it's so good. It's so I I'd forgotten so much about it, but like I didn't want to spoil it because like the story that they had here was very was very similar. It's that you know Captain America in you know future time or whatever uh, was fighting against uh, a powerful force. You know in the in the book it was that like the Purple Man had taken over, like mm. uh, Kilgrave had taken over, was like president for life, and um, eventually, like Captain America was the last one, or one of the last ones that was fighting against him, and so the, like he ordered him sent to the past, like eradicated from existence, like no ashes left to even build a memorial with, nobody to remember him, like completely gone. So he sent him to the past, into 1602 in the 616 timeline, and because of the way that he was sent back in time instead of it being like any of the multitude of other ways time travel has happened because of that, it's like it punched a hole through like the continuum and like damaged the fabric of space and reality. 
and like that caused it to start collapsing on itself. Yeah, much the same way that it happened here. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, and it even is the same character that ends up being the forerunner. Yep. They call it. Yeah, that's yep. cool. That's neat. Um, well, so uh, getting back, getting to the episode that they presented us here. Uh, what did you guys think? What did you think, Jay Scotty, of the overall like the, the the characterizations and the way they combined things? And what did you think? Yeah, so we recorded for episode seven yesterday, and I kind of opened my thoughts with that one by saying it was kind of sandwiched between two of my favorite episodes of What mm. If Ever, and that was that was coming off of the heels of a first watch. And I do like this episode a lot, but I think the novelty wore off a little bit on a second viewing. But that being said, it's still a lot of fun. And I use the word fun and fun gets tossed around a lot these days as kind of like, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot there, but it was fun. But I really mean like this episode was a lot of fun. It like took the familiarity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of turned it on its head in a really fun way. So that being said, uh, I do think it's a super enjoyable episode, but I don't know how much it holds up on a, on a rewatch. Yeah. I also grabbed a lot of elements from just this series, you know, True, with obviously yeah. Captain Carter and Uatu and Superior Strange and uh, Hela being so involved, which, so that it, you know, Hela has been involved in a lot of episodes this season. And I, 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 had, I found myself uh, thinking about it and I was like, I feel like maybe they, they, they included certain characters because they were already going to have the voice talent available. Like, right. You know what like I mean? They could like, get Kate Blanchett, so yeah. they're like, yeah, let's use yeah. it. But let's did use she even speak in this episode? I, I, she just like, really. grunts and, and stuff, so I don't even oh, yeah, think she, it was Kate Blanchett. And they did it uh, earlier on in the season with Loki as well, when you saw like um, Captain Carter and, and Black Widow going up against Loki. He never said anything, and it's like, oh, really? you kind of get used to that in animation sometimes. It's easier oh, yeah. just to show a character, and if they don't have to deliver dialogue, and you don't have to pay that, you know, that actor, you can get away <laughs> with it. Yeah, right. for sure. For sure. And, and, and I, I, I thought this, it was her. She, I think she screams as she's getting taken up into the, uh, yes. into the sky. Yeah. This yeah. is just a big uh, Kate Blanchett sounding scream, and I just sure. assumed it was her. I assumed they may be like, hey, Here's here's this much money to be in an episode of What If. Also, you're going to lead like four other lines, and you're going to we're going to drop you throughout the season. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. We got some big episodes involving you, but we also need this little sprinkling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little smattering. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because you mentioned it last week that, uh, or I think last episode that uh, Hella is not a character that they've we we talk a lot about revisiting. Uh, Jay Scotty, you mentioned mm-hmm. that, but. But it's interesting because they do revisit her a few times in the season. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. Hell of the, the back half. Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I, I was disappointed that I couldn't be there for that episode because I was so here for Hell of the White. I yeah. bet. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I knew. And yeah, I knew that as soon as that one was. I knew when it, when I saw that it was going to be an Asgard centric episode. I was like, oh, Jeff should have been here. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Damn it! We held yeah. off for 1602 so Jeff could be included. But Thank we, you. you know, Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I am curious, Jeff, with your knowledge of the comic line, um, was the fact that Steve ended up being the forerunner, was that something that you predicted? Because I found myself like, I didn't really know who it was going to be. I think on a, on a rewatch, there were some hints that kind of hinted who it was going to be. But I found myself like wondering, oh, is, is Kahori going to appear in this episode? And, you know, mm having her not appear wasn't like disappointing. I think it worked for the story that they were going to try and tell having, you know, uh, Captain Carter be the central character here. I was thinking that it was going to be Captain Carter was the problem. Oh, Um, okay. Because like in the comic, you know, Steve eventually tells like how he got sent back in time and like, 
uh, and that had like caused ripples through the timeline or whatever. But like, I want more, I would like more of a story from like his perspective and like those first few years, because he was, he was in America for uh, like three years before actually like making contact with colonial uh, people in the uh, Roanoke, in the mm. Roanoke colony. Um, and so like, I want like a story from that perspective, like where he's living with native people and like learning how to, how to be Captain America in an, in a pre-America mm. kind of society. Sure. Um, and so I thought that like, you know, when, when Scarlet Witch brought her there to save our world, I thought it was just going to be like a, you know, there's, there's some worldly threat, like a Victor Von Doom kind of like big threat that she's going to take care of, but then they're not going to be able to like necessarily get her back mm-hmm. to her planet or her home or whatever. Like something happens and, and it causes the, the rip, the ripples to start happening because of the way they brought her in. Okay. Uh, but it turns out it was just that. Steve punched the stone. <laughs> you say that so disappointedly. You <laughs> <laughs> were like waiting on some deep lore. Yeah, like I, I wanted just... there to be some sort of like, oh, we caused this problem ourselves, but yeah. no, no, it's just that Steve punched the time stone. You don't punch the time stone, Steve. Damn it! <laughs> you can't punch everything, Steve. Sometimes you got to do other you other kinds of attacks. <laughs> you can punch Nazis. You can always punch Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't sure. punch the time stone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did love when he hit uh, the Red Skull, who was the executioner in the back of the head, and he and Bucky had that moment where they're like ah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. oh my god there was so much to love in this episode mm-hmm. and like the the things that were that were like kind of radiating in from other realities like where uh happy is you know the the like the chief guard or whatever and like when he gets mad he becomes that purple hulk version mm-hmm. and like there was no precedent for that in yeah. this verse. I actually did some research about that character because um, when we we talked about when we did the coverage for episode three, I kind of called him like the Waluigi of Hulks. But I I, <laughs> I was curious. I was like, is this just something you know the what if creators pulled out of their hat, or are they like, referencing something? And sure enough, Happy Hogan in in comics he appeared as the freak a couple of times, and I guess he had some like genetic disorder. And to try and cure him, Tony hit him with a cobalt ray, and and sure enough, he turns into the freak like three or four times. A a, co- a cobalt ray? A cobalt ray, yes. Co- cobalt, I don't know how that like, works. But. Like the the metal or the the precious metal. You tell yep. me. Oh my god! Okay, there it is. <laughs> sure, totally. Comics, man. Just yeah. put any kind of sciencey sounding word in front of a ray, uh-huh. and you, you mm-hmm. get and you get you get superpowers. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how it works. Or you get like an engine to run anything, like. Uh, Galaxy Quest had the beryllium sphere. Yeah, it did. <laughs> right. Man, I just, I, I love this episode. I loved it opening on just Loki reading Shakespeare badly. Oh, mm-hmm. it was so great, though. <laughs> and the whole rest of the episode, he's bragging about his new role of Iago and how it's the, you know, the, he's the star of the new play. And it's just really, really good. Just very Loki. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, oh, it's great. You know, there's a lot of subtext to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really about Iago. Like, it's you know, you would think it's about a, no, it's about Iago. <laughs> exactly. Really and good. I love though, I love that the girls weren't like doting on him. They were just kind of like, oh god, <laughs> right? He just won't shut up about this. 
Yeah, it's yeah. the sense that everyone's kind of fed up with this Prince Loki because he's like, I'm I'm acting here, and Thor's like, this is not acting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Spare and, me. And when Peggy was like, you're a bigger drama queen than your brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now that is too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was interesting that you they kind of made uh, Thor an antagonist for this episode. Just straight up, he's the he's the king who you know is off. He's off about who the bad guy is, and he's chasing mm-hmm. down Peggy and Rogers. And I just thought that was a lot of fun. And I just enjoyed Rogers as like Rogers Hood and Ant Man, um, <laughs> Ant Man over there, just like food obsessed, just so good, and like just. All the swashbuckling. Just so good. I love swashbuckling. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment I was upset when we got the setup about like you need to find a thief and then it transitions to an arrow landing in the top of the carriage. And I was like, okay, we're going to see Hawkeye as Robin Hood, obviously. Yeah. And mm. then they show Steve and I was disappointed, but all that disappointment evaporated the second he was called Rogers Hood. And I was like, yes, that is so good. I will accept yep. Rogers yeah. Hood and let's go with this. I'll take Rogers Hood. That's fine. Yes. This is a, this is a decent consolation. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. So many of the great character designs. I love the Destroyer Knight. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the Destroyer, but with like knight like armor and just already, already looks like that in the 616 and just like stepping forward with a more ornate version of the, the Destroyer was so rad. Mm-hmm. I, I really want like that Destroyer armor like as a figure, mm-hmm. like a statue. Sure. I want that just to like have in the background here. Like There's I want that. There's so many things from this season that I would love to see like oh, a really sure. good figure of and have, you know set up in my room or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I want replica armor of that so that I can be the destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's what it is. Be the destroyer you want to see in the world. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <At> Gandhi. The- <laughs> At the mention of armor, Jeff, you mentioned uh, Dr. Doom earlier on in the episode as the potential threat, but when they first showed Hulk as like the man in the mask, I was like, oh, oh. the visual like, allusion yes. to, to Doom there was really great. Yeah. It was. I was thinking, here we go. Here's here's Doom. No, it's not Doom. I love <laughs> that. Doom the monster and the I kept Iron expecting mask. them to expand it, you know, because like the witch breeds, Doom was a big thing in the comic one. Okay. Um just like there were there were so many other little aspects and like when Gaiman wrote it, he he wove in like bits of like actual history, like Queen Elizabeth and uh King James of, of Scotland. I think it was James the First of Scotland. Uh, like when Elizabeth died and James took over, like there was there was all of that happening, like actual history of the world that he was just like, let's just weave some Marvel into it. And uh, there we go. Yeah. And they didn't really do that in this one. It was just kind of like, eh, what if we just took Marvel stuff and just dropped it there? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because, they, you know, they had 30 minutes to work with. Like, sure. there's not a lot of time to tell that huge story. You know, Neil Gaiman had, you know. Eight eight issue comic run, and then there were like a bunch of extra tie-ins and stuff to it. Like he had some time to let that story work it work itself out. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of uh, disappointment. Not you know, you sound like you enjoyed it, but there's a lot of things you were disappointed they didn't include. Like it sounds like reading the sixteen oh two is great, and people should do it. But maybe oh, yes. not before they watch this episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, read it after as like watch the episode. Material. Get inspired to go read the comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, and it's something that I I've been meaning to like, uh, to mention and to bring up consistently and and talk about maybe in like a 
uh, a YouTube video or something. I don't know. But it's like, uh, we as fans have to temper our expectations of things. And like, they haven't brought in the, you know, the, the mutants and X-Men and like, they haven't really fully established that. They haven't established sure. the Fantastic Four in the MCU. Like, so, yeah, all of these things. None of that was a reasonable expectation for a what if episode. Like, right. Like, yeah. none of that is reasonable for this program. So, like, my hoping that that happened was like, it was a little like, oh, maybe, but I don't expect it at all. Right, right, right. Ah, oh, dang. It could have been fun. Yeah. Dang. But I still like what I got. And that's the key. That's that's what I always kind of say. Like expectations are fine as long as you don't let those expectations rule over your enjoyment yeah. of what's actually presented. But mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask what you guys thought about Tony because I really like Tony's interactions with Peggy, and I kind of love how yes. like slowly but surely we're learning more about what like Peggy's version of the list looks like because she referenced RoboCop earlier on in the season mm-hmm. and then she talks about the flux capacitor in this one he's just yes. like give me more it's it's opium <laughs> to my ears and i Please i challenge the uh, the listeners out there if somebody can write in a review and call the mcu cast opium to their ears you you win <laughs> <laughs> i love that like uh, god i love your made-up words i need more I love your and she just says flux god, capacitor so <laughs> there was a point there was a point in the comic um where Doctor Strange had a similar thing where he was talking to the Watcher, and Uwatu was like telling him all about like what's what's gonna happen, things that are coming, like all of the ripples throughout time, and like this version of Stephen Strange is from 1602, so like that kind of science isn't there for him yet. Mm. And he's just like, all of your words are just words. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it funny. was great. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny to hear like Tony. You know, being the science whiz, but being from 1602, it's just it's just an interesting, um, like it, it's just an interesting juxtaposition of him like being this kind of the smartest engineer in the room, but not knowing the science. You know, right. yep. <laughs> Ignore that. It's decorative. I yeah, love that. Decorative. Ignore it. It's decorative. <laughs> <laughs> There's always when you tear something apart and put it back together, and you have screws left, and you're mm-hmm. like. Those are clearly not necessary. <laughs> I really liked Hulk smash the. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I kept expecting. No, that's what it was. Like I, I was expecting it to be Peggy. That was the the anomaly. But then when, uh, when Happy became the 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 freak and uh-huh. then started speaking like so. Crazy so all the you time. You ne'er do well, you rapscallion, you profound. All of that. <laughs> Shut thine mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. But when he was doing all of that, I was like, "Oh, it's clearly happy. Like this is this is happy from that verse here. Like he came here and he just embraced it. Like he mm. just loves it. <laughs> That's yeah. clearly like what happened. Having yeah. his Ren fair moment." Yeah, they were letting He's, John Favreau have a lot of fun, and he was he was definitely just channeling his inner uh, mm-hmm. sheriff of Nottingham. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes I loved when uh, Steve cut his feather, and and that was. <laughs> I am so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'll buy you another feather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because it's kind of a like you know it being all Avengers. There's not really a, a traditional villain. In this, and it's a main player in the story. It's just the heroes falling on different sides, and I thought that was a lot of fun. Sort of a mm. civil war esque fight yeah. at the end because there's just a bunch yeah. of heroes going at each other. 
No, I mean that's that's kind of what it is in you know in the comics as well. It's like this all this crazy stuff is happening. Everybody wants to blame everybody else. Mm-hmm. So like the world is ending. It's clearly your fault. I didn't do anything wrong. So yeah. clearly it's you. Yeah, mm. totally. I the, I also really liked Hulk's signal. Signal. signal! <laughs> yeah. Uh, another line that stuck out to me is after we had the initial, you know, Rogers Hood and his merry men pull off the heist and they come back and the first um, line of the scene is Scott Lang, like, good thieving, everyone, chin chin. Good. And I'm like, I am going to use chin chin in real life. Ales all around. Ales <laughs> all around. Chin chin. Oh, man. I, they, one thing that annoyed me, and I loved it when I think it was... Um, the freak, I guess, mm-hmm. threw the Hulk into the organ. Okay. And it just like punctuated the smash with the big organ sound. Hulk but, threw the freak into the organ. Oh, okay. But then the freak threw the organ back. Yeah. And it was punctuated with an organ sound. That's not how organs work. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be connected to the pipes. Like if you throw someone at an organ, maybe it makes a sound. If you throw just the organ part, there's nothing to make the sound when it hits because the sound comes from the big pipes. The reverberation in the pipes. Yeah. Right. So when he so threw that, it back and it made a sound, I was like, that's not how organs work. So that makes his <laughs> line there make even less sense, too, because he says the pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> they want their organ back. <laughs> yeah. If they're calling, yeah, they're calling for the organ. Oh, so then it does make sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes more sense now. Yeah. Good job, Happy. <laughs> Thanks, Matt, for really like bringing that in. Yeah, we went full circle on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you made it better. You made it so much better. I have at least a rudimentary understanding of how organs work now. <laughs> Not all of them, true, but musical ones, sure. Gallbladders, who needs them? <laughs> Appendices, I don't know, man. Uh, well, there's also some interesting stuff with the Watcher in this episode. And just like interesting stuff in general that like is sort of the bigger bigger picture of what the season's heading towards and like uh, uh, when when well um, it's a good thing the I'm watcher still says there are worlds in the multiverse simply meant to die and there's just like and Peggy's like I don't accept that you know and she she's like what if this what if this and she's like what if what if what if right which is like ah I get that reference <laughs> did the thing <laughs> I understood that reference <laughs> so like I don't know it just it's setting up this idea that like. Peggy's gonna fight for the 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 worlds that need it, uh, regardless of what Uatu is willing to like stand and watch. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was cool. That struggle in general, like what is what is getting involved do, and how will how how can you measure the consequences of what you may do when you get involved? You know, I I love also that like because she has. Or I, I, this is my head canon, I'm assuming, because she has interacted with the Watcher already. Now she just kind of sees him when he shows up to watch her. Mm-hmm. She's just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, hey, guy, there you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. That was neat. I hear you." He's like, "You do? Yeah, yeah." And like, it took Ultron destroying every other life form in in his universe in order for there to be like silence enough for him to be like, "I hear you." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, I really love that moment too because like we often see the watcher like on the horizon or on the skyline or something like that and get the sense that he's like, you know, proceeding over everything but not getting involved. But when Peggy says like if you're not going to help me, then get out of my way and she proceeds to just run through him. I just love the imagery there because like so often we see him part of the proceedings but not being involved and like it kind of gave me the sense of how kind of like useless he is. Like he is standing in her way, but he really doesn't do anything because he chooses to not get involved. So I, I just, I thought that was nice imagery to show her agency versus his complacency. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She's, I mean, she's the tech charger. And speaking of like, this is the second time this season she has said, Steve, I can't lose you again. Mm. And then mm. has to lose him again. And that's those uh, those are piling up, you know, the times where she says she can't lose him again and then loses him. Um it's it's rough. We never get our happy ending, but he says somewhere out there we do, which just harkens to the the final scene of the Infinity Saga proper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, good call. Oh. Good call. All oh. right. Well uh that's about all I got in my notes, and I really like this episode. I think it's a uh a really just fun uh trip through this like interesting version of the verse um and a lot of great characters and a lot of cool call outs to things that have happened already this season i keep thinking you know we talked about whether maybe the kohori episodes would lead to this or maybe uh what would lead to this episode it ends up it's just a completely different universe you know and it's all because steve punched the time stamp. <laughs> yeah that's all it is don't, Damn it, Steve. Don't go punching infinity stones. <laughs> just um, stick to the faces and the chest that you're used to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anybody else got anything on this one? I'm good. Me too. We reduced it to TLC. I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, time. I can no. I, can't I see what you're trying to do. Space, reality, limitless, uh, chaos. I don't know. TLC. That's also true. <laughs> trying to think of things. Okay. Well, we'll be back uh, really quick with our with uh, tomorrow. Uh, if you're in the main feed and quicker on the Patreon. If you want to go to Patreon.com/slash/MCUcast, uh, we're trying to get these up as quick as we can. Uh, they 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 should be all be up the evening we're recording them now. Um. But the uh, the they'll be dropping in the feed once per day, so the next one will be up tomorrow, uh, and we'll be back soon. Uh, hey, Jay Scotty, tell the people where they can find you online. Please check out Animation Deliberation. It's the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. So if you like this conversation we've been having about what if, that's the place to listen to all the discussions about animated action content. Sweet. Please check that out. Check that out. And uh, we'll be back very soon uh, with more. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. 
If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends.